Welcome to the Yellow Jacket Experience. I'm your host, Seth Dusalt. And as part of National Athletic Training Month, we've got Allison Butterfield, one of our assistant athletic trainers here at AIC on the show this week. Allie, how you doing today? I'm good, Seth. How are you? Doing fantastic. It's obviously a busy time of year for all of us, and I'm sure your office is especially busy. Uh, but I'm glad you were able to take the time to uh, join us with this. I want to go all the way back to the beginning, as we usually do with uh, with our guests, and go to when uh, Allie Butterfield was just a little kid. Uh, did you play any sports? What kind of sports were you into as a kid? I did. I liked all sports, pretty much. I played softball since first grade. I remember loving soccer from the Mary Kate and Ashley movie. I was super young living in Michigan. And then just anything I could really get my hands on outside. I love being active. We were always biking, skateboarding, playing street hockey, whatever we could do. What's the sport that you took the furthest? Like, you know, as far as high school, maybe even playing at the collegiate level, uh, what was the one that lasted the longest? So the softball was my main sport. I was playing pretty much competitively as soon as I started. I've always been a competitive person, and I tried to take it to the collegiate level, but I had my second ACL tear on my right knee, and that was the end of sports for me at that point. Did that have any impact on you in deciding, you know, that you wanted to go into athletic training? And when we talked to Chris last week, he mentioned uh, having some injuries in high school that kind of made him realize that athletic training was a, was a path forward. Is that the same for you or what influenced you to make that decision to go into this as a career? Yeah, pretty much same as a lot of athletic trainers. I was a sophomore in high school when I tore my ACL for the first time and we didn't have an athletic trainer. So we just went to the ortho, started going to PT and I ended up connecting with one of the athletic trainers at um, UMass Amherst, Jeff Smith. His wife, Justine, was my substitute PT one day, and we were talking, and I ended up meeting her husband and shadowing him and just decided this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Now, you ended up going to King's College, which is in Pennsylvania. Uh, what made you decide that that was the place to be? And as your academic career went on, were there any particular professors you felt like had a big influence on you or maybe just people that even now you go to for advice? Uh, well, I knew I wanted to be far away growing up in a small town and like really small high school. I was one of 42 in my graduating class. So obviously everyone knew each other. I wanted to go somewhere different, which led me to Kings. And I had a great advisor, Greg Janik. He was actually one of the Pats presidents of the Pennsylvania Athletic Trainer Society. And I think EATA president as well for two years. And he was excellent, always going to him for advice. He was a great advisor, taught me so much about what I know today as an athletic trainer. Now, as you started your actual career as an athletic trainer, you didn't start in college athletics. So what made you decide that you wanted to make the move to college athletics? And then in particular, how did you end up here at AIC? So at my last position, when I was living on Long Island still, I was working in a PT office where I was going to LAU three times a week to help with rehab and help cover some events. And I got a little taste of college athletics and really liked it. And right when I had my AIC interview, I actually got a call that put me on the flight at like 5 a.m. the next morning down to Florida to travel with the LAU swim team. So I had to postpone my AIC interview 
but it really just solidified for me that college athletics is where I want to be. It's perfect that it worked out and I was able to get a different date and end up taking the job. Now, now as somebody who was just getting into it, as far as being a college athletic trainer, how valuable was having some of the people around who have been doing it for a long time? Uh, Jay has been here for 17 years. John Culp has been here a long time. Dan Tatro, who just retired, been here for 15 years. Uh, what did you, what were you able to gain from them in the uh, beginning of your time at AIC? Um, just a lot of different things based on what they've picked up over the years. Everyone's had different continuing education training. And obviously coming from different areas, you, can, you have access to different things. So they might have had access to different doctors that they've picked up things from or ways that they've shaped their practice. And it's helped me in turn shape my own. Now, it seems like each one of our athletic trainers uh, brings like a unique specialty in addition to just the general athletic training. Uh, what would you say is something that you do that might be unique or different from, from our other ATs? I definitely like to take a look at how everything functions and bring it back to like core strength and back stretching and just how the core and back functions, SI joint, and work from there when it comes to injuries like chronic hamstring tears or like tendonitis. Just everything starts from the center of your body. Makes a lot of sense. Um, now, obviously, you talk about timing with your interview and getting that phone call and having to get on a flight at 5 a.m. And then the timing of actually coming here to AIC, March 2020, couldn't have been worse timing for anybody working in athletics uh, right at the start of really the pandemic and things being shut down. What is the experience like working in that environment, working through this pandemic, and now as we seem to be finally getting toward the other side of it? I mean, it's definitely been different. I'm lucky that I was able to come here and start my job before being stuck somewhere without my family. I'm from Massachusetts originally, so I was glad to have like my family home and spend some time with them. And it just sports are essentially forever. I knew that we're not going to live life without sports, and it's going to be hard and to be different. But everyone's been really great at doing what we have to do to come back so we can have seasons. You mentioned, of course, being from Massachusetts and having family here and, you know, you wanted to go away when you, you, as you said, when you went to college and was part of what attracted you to AIC, the fact that you could be close to home again, or is that something that just happened to work out? Absolutely. I knew that I'd spent three years away after college and felt like it was time to come back home and find a place of my own and be close, especially like my grandparents who live in Hadley. My parents live in Hadley. It's time to come back and spend time with family. This is something we talked to uh, Christian about as well, but, you know, in a profession like yours, anything science-based especially, uh, continuing education is so important, uh, improving what you know, things are always changing. What's something that you're working on right now to learn more about that'll ma help make you a better athletic trainer? Uh, well, I'm always taking courses on beverage education. That's something that I invested in myself. It's relatively inexpensive, but it allows me to learn from a variety of different instructors at pretty much any moment and take quizzes on them. And I put those like CEUs towards my NATA recertification every year, so I don't have to pay a bunch of extra money to retake my BOC. But it also helps me learn a lot of things that I can then apply to my practice in the clinic. 
you also, you're either working on or just finished an MBA. Uh, what kind of long-term goals do you have for yourself as far as combining a degree like that with your, your training in athletic training? So my MBA, the concentration is in healthcare management. And that's something where eventually I know when I'm ready to go from in here working with the athletes. I want to take what I've experienced in these past four plus years and apply it to the management level and say, okay, I've been an athletic trainer. I know the struggle. It's constantly been a fight either here or at Capitol Hill trying to get more recognition as healthcare providers. And I just want to be able to continue fighting that fight at whatever level I'm on. What do you think the biggest challenge is going to be in the um, what's the importance of having that recognition to be treated uh, kind of the same way that maybe say an EMT is treated when it comes to uh, the medical profession? It's just that next step. We do a lot of things that I think people on the outside maybe don't realize when it comes to rehabbing and preventing injuries and taping and being out there. The hours that we put in and the dedication we have to sports and our athletes and the whole team in general, I think, is sometimes just seen as, oh, you're an athletic trainer. Can you help me work out? Yeah, sure, but it's not really what I do. That makes sense. You know, to, to, you guys do, it's amazing, really, like watching the things that, that you guys do and the rehab and preventative stuff. Um, one thing, and we talked to, um, to Jay about this, the first episode this month is um, the mental health aspect. Um, of things and it's a thing that's being discussed more and more now um how can athletic trainers uh be be able to provide for their student athletes on the mental health side just as much as they do the physical health side what kind of work have you done to uh be more involved in that aspect of wellness i mean it's always about taking the time to just recognize when someone is a little bit off and being like are you okay i've had student athletes come to me with things that I was not prepared to treat at first, different like levels of depression and mental health issues when I was first out of college. They just they recognize you as someone they can trust with their physical injuries, with you know, a finger, a wrist, an elbow, a knee or whatever, but also they're recognizing that we are people we can, they can trust with anything. I think that's a huge aspect. Is that something you're finding as you spend more time with the athletes that you're more able to do that they're more willing to come to you for those kind of things now that you've been here for a full year? Absolutely. I think that as an athletic trainer, I'm seen as someone who's not a coach, so they're not worried they're in trouble. I'm not a teacher, so I'm not here to grade them. And I'm not a friend. I'm not an RA. I'm something different, something special that they can connect with and say, you like sports. I look up to you. Can you give me some advice? What, uh, obviously, we've now gotten the last few months to get to play some games. What are some of the memorable moments that you've been part of in the, I know, comparatively short time here to our other ATs, but what's something that sticks out from uh, a game or even a practice that you've been able to be part of? Well, I mean, the other night, the volleyball game was my first unofficial, technically, but game here with AIC. I think just being able to dress up and nice clothes and going to the gym and watching our team win was really exciting and I know that while it was recent it will stick with me for a while and you know you you always remember the first one that's what they say and I'd imagine that'll that'll last for for quite some time 
other than sports, let's shift gears a little bit, other than sports, what's something that, that you're really into or something that you enjoy doing and invest a lot of time in? Uh, pretty much everything I do is sports. I recently started rock climbing, which is a different type of sport, but I do that three times a week or as much as I can. And just it's competitive, but on my own level, it's been a fun thing for me. How did, how do you get into rock climbing? I mean, it's uh, a friend of mine brought me. She was like, oh, I know you're pretty fit and you like to do stuff. Like, do you want to come with me? And I went once and I was hooked. Are there other other sports things that you try to do or, or like to do that are unrelated to work where you just go out and, and do them, anything like that? Like I know, for instance, our assistant AD, Maura Donovan, runs triathlons. Um, I have two younger brothers, actually. Both are, one is 21, one is 23. And whenever they're both home, we go out in the street and we play street hockey together. I am always the all-time goalie, but oh, it's a fun sport thing that we do as family. How did you get roped into, roped into putting the pads on? Or did you volunteer? I'm the smallest one and they're youth pads. So, so they're the, you're the only one that fits? Yeah. It's kind of just me or like a trash can. No, that's no fun. <laughs> you can't have a trash can in that. We'll have to, we'll have to get, you some, get some bigger pads and you can make them them take over. I know that would be the goal. <laughs> so one question we ask everybody who comes on to this podcast, um, other than your parents, I think most people would probably give that answer. Who in your life has had a significant influence on you and how have they shaped who you are as a person? Um, I would have to say both my brothers, Spencer and Justin. Um, while I, I'm the oldest, they are the biggest and I've always looked up to them in a way like they push me to be my best and I think I hope that I push them to be their best whether it's at work or at school or like in the gym or whatever we do we always want to be the best for each other and for ourselves I think that's the most important thing how did you keep the uh, that kind of a relationship going with them when you were away either you know at King's when you were in college or working on Long Island places like that how did, you, how did you keep that, maintain that to uh, be as strong as it is now, especially now that you're back? Well, it was definitely a little harder once I went away to college. But then when I moved to New York, I was about two and a half hours away from them. And they would come down and visit me and we'd go to like a Mets game or an Islanders game where they would just come to the beach and hang out. And I think that really helped our relationship. And now the three of us all being closer together right now, it's allowed us to do a lot more. I, get, I should have asked this earlier, being from Massachusetts, uh, living in New York, was that an adjustment for you, for your, for your sports fandoms? You know, I would have guessed a lot of Massachusetts teams that you would root for normally, and then living in New York, obviously got to be tough. Well, the Red Sox was always an interesting one. I would take pride in wearing my Boston Red Sox stuff around. But as far as hockey, I used to live outside of Detroit in Royal Oaks, Michigan growing up. And one of my first memories was going to a Red Wings game with my dad back when I was six, six and a half years old. So big Red Wings fan. That was not as much of a problem down there. So you gotta you gotta be jazzed now that Steve Eiserman is back running the show. <laughs> yes, you gotta get some new jerseys. Some new uh, gear no, for the family. Number number nineteen. It's a good it's a good number. He's one of the best, that's for sure. Uh Allie, it's great getting to know you more, getting a chance to talk with you. 
uh, learning about you because obviously we haven't worked together as long as some of the other athletic trainers, but I'm looking forward to uh, getting to spend more time with you and the teams this spring. And, you know, like I said, getting to even know you better as, uh, as we work together here. So thank you for coming on the podcast today. Of course, anytime, Seth. Allison Butterfield from our athletic training staff, our fourth of five episodes here for National Athletic Training Month on the Yellow Jacket Experience. One to go. The big man himself, John Culp, will be on next week. So keep your eyes peeled for that.